0: Hello, as you can hear from the traffic noise high above 309 here in Allentown, PA, at the Skybox, this is the Living Large and Hard podcast. This is part two of the three-part series about the murder that took place in my house, the mini mansion. Part one, uh, I covered why there was a party going on there where the murder actually occurred it was during the party. Um, how I was renting the place out on Airbnb. And specifically in the house rules, it was forbidden to have a party, and this guy that was running it for New Year's Eve was obviously going to have a party. No matter what I said, he straight up lied and said, nope, no party. So at the end of the previous episode, I had awakened to wake into my phone blowing the fuck up with text messages, um, messenger messages, phone calls, none of which I heard because I had it on Do Not Disturb. Um, and so therefore it was quite a surprise to wake up and listen to messages and read messages about police lots of police, ambulance someone being stabbed which was conjecture at that point because it was was a shooting and um, the messages that escalated from man there's a lot of people out there I don't want to cause trouble but you know you may want to check this out man I don't know why you're not getting back to me but you should really, um, I'm going to have to call the cops because there's just so many people and then so on and so forth. So anyway, I get up and I, I get and go and head to the house. And um, what I remember most was it was so cold that night. It was insanely cold. This is New Year's Eve 2017 going into 2018. So it was very early, like one o'clock by the time I got there. The street was cordoned off as I had expected with, um a one-way cop car at the end. So I knew how to go through the alley and park in the school across the street. So that's what I did. And um, walked up to the house and was quizzed as to why I was there. And I said, well, I'm the homeowner. Um, the cop I was talking to I recognized from Lehigh Valley Phantoms games here. I've had season tickets since the hockey team, the Flyers of Iliad, came here. And I see him regularly, and I had noticed that he actually attended games. So the first thing I said was, hey, I saw you actually got to go to a game. And he said, yeah, yeah, "Ah, good for you. I said, oh, by the way, because he had, you know, I said, what's going on? He goes, there was a shooting. And I said, was any of the people, any of the people that were shot, were they, um, this Dre guy that rented the place? And he said, no. And I said, well, that's a fucking shame because, you know, obviously – Fucked my world up pretty good. Not as much as the people that got shot and killed, but I don't know them, so what, what the fuck do I care? Um, I, I chatted with him a little bit, went inside, and they looked kind of surprised I was there, told them who I was, the cops, and got through the foyer. The door was already open. I was told that I could not go any farther than just right there in the entryway because it was an crime, ongoing crime scene so i was in looked in and i could tell that furniture had been moved the floor which is a hardwood floor was basically white because um, the streets had been brined and salted i had salted my sidewalk and people had been tracking in the number of people that were at the party uh, was estimated to be in the dozens and I was told by the hockey cop that it was wall-to-wall, that there was 100 people, which I don't know if I believe that. But anyway, I could tell the place was was really fucked up. And um, talking to the cops, and one looks at me, he goes, hey, you're the barge guy. And I went, what the, what's this guy talking about? It was a sergeant. And I go, oh, yeah, because I used to sell police supplies. And he was uh, one of the regulars at the cop shop. And we had talked about my numerous trips to Ireland. And I recounted how much I enjoyed being on a converted barge and going down the canal and the river Barrow. So we chatted about that, asked him if he'd ever been there, and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And then I went and um, asked when I could get back in. they said, well, you're going to have to call detective so-and-so. Uh, once you get the okay that it's no longer a crime scene, they'll let you in. So um, I headed back out, said goodbye to the cop, uh, hockey cop, went home. Well, went to Mary's, tried to get some sleep, which didn't work out real swell. Got up early the next day and um, got a hold of the detective. Left a message actually, because they were busy and. Went over to the house just on the offhand chance that when I called and actually got an answer from the detective, I could go in. And noticed that um, the front front door was made of different beveled glass panels. The bottom right one had been kicked in. Actually, I noticed that the night before, but I forgot about it till now. Um, So I went up and the keys to the place were in there. So obviously, the dude had been back to clean the place, is what I was told. Um, But when I was there, and I went across the call, the uh, detective, and then NBC10 showed up from Philadelphia, who was there, uh, actually, on the night of the incident, and had a um, pretty in-depth little broadcast. They even showed my Airbnb page. They knew it was an Airbnb party. <coughs> Sorry about that. And um, so they had all that information instantly. They must have known somebody inside. They knew, you know, how many people got shot and all that kind of stuff. And there was a murder. And they actually came up from Philly to do it. And they were there the next day to get more footage. So I just, I didn't want to deal with it. Believe it or not, I didn't want to talk to the press. I was really worried that, this essential income that I was getting by on from Airbnb was going to get shut off because that's all that a city needs Uh, on an issue like i am watching these cars go by on an issue like Airbnb is that someone gets murdered you know, during a house party and I was worried about that I hadn't slept Um, oh yeah, someone got murdered in my living room that kinda of weighed on me. So I um took off, parked around the corner. Didn't want to even see them out uh videoing in, in front of my house with their TV cameras and shit. And got a hold of the detective and he said, Yeah, it's it's clear that you can go in. It's all been uh the crime the whatever they CSI, whatever the heck they are. Forensics is all done in there. And uh feel free to go in so i went back nbc 10 was still dicking around so i waited and then i went in man (laughs) and that place was a mess um i've said this many times since i'm actually glad there was the shooting at around 12 30 because if that party would have continued my house would have been absolutely fucking destroyed there was the aforementioned broken window there was a broken lock on the front door the um, office chair in the up in the main in the media room was broken. There was butcher paper in the side porch, which was all glassed in, and a chair was out there. I don't know if they were giving lap dances or or what the hell was going on. I was told by a neighbor who directly across the street that at at one point there was people lined up to get in, so I'm guessing they were charging admission. There was beer everywhere, up every single wall. Apparently when the, when the gunshots were, when people started running, um, or both, they just threw their shit and took off. So there was just beer everywhere. Someone had dumped out a hookah bowl on top of uh, part of my drum kit, and that had burned through the top of the of the bass drum and then down through the bottom and burnt the hardwood floor um what else was going on in there No, so I, like i said it was there was salt from people tromping around you know who dozens and dozens at least the party goers uh who knows how many cops upstairs everywhere it was just that was the biggest thing that i saw was how messed up that was um there was stuff spilled, there was furniture moved. Um, I went up into the media room into what was my closet and uh, looked on the top shelf and went, (laughs) oh boy, Uh, where I had carefully hidden my adult fun things had been moved over and all that stuff was on display. So apparently when the police were doing their search, they had uh, come across my stash of adult fun things, and talking to a Hockey Cop one time, and I was just talking about the house, and I said, "Oh, so this in there, you know this?" He goes, "That was a cool house." I'm like, "Yeah, this that," and he goes, so "I I go, you already looked, you already looked around it anyway, right?" He goes, "Oh yeah, we looked everywhere," with a grin on his face. I'm like, yeah, "Okay, good on you." Um, so I started cleaning. I mean the. It was a dozen times that I cleaned this floor between wet mopping, dry mopping, wet drop mopping, dry mocking, dry mopping, vacuuming, oh, over and over and over. Um, as I had said, NBC10 came up from Philly that night and came back the next day. The local paper, the morning call, which you local people know is nothing but a big fucking joke. Um, I was in the process of one of my mopping and unmopping and remopping adventures with the floor. And I looked down the long hallway through the front, through the foyer door and the front door. And there's someone at the door, the doorbell ringing, had rung. And I thought, oh, that looks like phenomenal my neighbor. And I started walking out. I go, no, that looks like Gary, my neighbor. And I went there and I realized it was neither. So I unlocked the door, opened it up. I go, yeah, what can I do for you? And uh, this older dude said, I'm here from the morning call. I want to talk to you about the murder. And I said, what murder? He said, the one on New Year's Eve. I go, hmm, I don't know anything about that. And he, (laughs) fucking idiot. This is real hard-hitting journalism, you know, deep investigative reporting. He leans back, looks up at the house and goes, huh, I could have sworn this was it. I saw it on TV. Wow. You know, really make the effort. And I said, nope, I wasn't even here. Because he he asked which house it was. I said, I wasn't even here, which, you know, that part was true. And he went on his way. I closed the door, locked it in, in his face, and I walked off. And he, you know, had his shoulders hunched over and walking away. He looks back one more time at the house. You know, God, it had to be it. I saw it on TV. So the morning call didn't have shit. They didn't have the address. None of that crap. Um, So that pretty much wraps up the actual showing up at the crime scene and the immediately after. Um, In the next part, I'll get to what went down, why it went down. And then um, I actually ended up having to testify two years later about it. I didn't know that they'd even caught the goofball that did the shit so i ended up going to court not too long ago to testify in the trial and i'll go over um uh, what the charges were what actually went down like i said that night and the outcome of the wheels of justice slowly turning to their final conclusion so goodbye for now let's enjoy a little traffic noise and then i'll uh shut this thing off